Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work, hosted by me, Robbie Earle, and also hosted by him, Kyle Sconewell. Yes. How's it going, Kyle? I'm good. Here I am. <laughs> you know what? We've done this podcast now for three months, and we've never video chatted while doing it. That's and true. yet, here I am, this time, <laughs> staring at your beautiful face. It makes me so and happy. It just brings, it brings so much joy to my life right now. So we are recording and video chatting. Man, I feel like we're just connecting on a whole new level. It's so funny because we used to spend just literal days on end in a van together. I know. Now, I never knew how, how much I would have to cherish that time. <sighs> this is the most contact we've had since, what, 20... 14. This podcast has rejuvenated our friendship, yes. And it's kind of like Andy Bernard says in The Office. I wish you oh, could gosh. tell you were in the good old days while you're still living in them. Man. But uh, we have a couple other disclaimers to give, too, before we This get is true. So speaking of... <laughs> well, <laughs> contractually, as we've said before, Robbie is obligated to travel and record in a new location every time. This is true. So he is now doing that again from... Austin, Texas. From time, Austin, right? yes, which is where we have been living permanently for the past few years until we were bouncing all around Europe and then Arkansas and then other parts of Texas. But the good news is that we are now firmly planted for the the bulk of 2020 in a new place in Austin. So there right. will be less chaos. The bad news is, of course, the first podcast that we are recording here in the new place my microphone has apparently <laughs> <laughs> given up on life. It started uh, glowing red and smoking earlier, which I think is not a good sign. Well, I'm not a, you know, I'm no Tony Stark. Well, another good news thing is that we are getting to FaceTime because of it. So we are video that's chatting. True. That's a positive. But yes, while we were FaceTiming, I said, if it smells like smoke and it's hot, that's probably a really bad sign <laughs> for a microphone cable. So. That feels, yes. that feels right. So here we, we need are. need to replace it with an arc reactor. Yeah. We're um, going to get that microphone replaced. But as of now, this one episode, bear with us, is going to be recorded on Robbie's phone. Okay, so, so everyone just back off. We apologize for the dip in quality. Don't judge us. We're trying our best to bring you premium content. even And stay if, on schedule. And stay on schedule. Even if the quality is not as high as we would normally like to maintain. Next okay. topic. Yes, we have so many other fun things to get into with this episode. One, this is going to be our first ever mailbag episode, right? Yes. We promised it. We talked about it, that we've been getting a lot of feedback from you guys, which we love. But now 
We finally get to throw that into an episode and talk about some of your questions, thoughts, concerns, all of that in a mailbag episode. And so that's is, today. This is so great because I really feel like this is what we always dreamed we would get to do with this podcast. True. We wanted to sort of interact with a group of people that felt about these movies like we feel about these movies. Yes. So in a way, this is, you know, we talk about kind of big moments for the podcast. This is a big moment all on its own, I think. Absolutely. Before we get into that, though, Robbie and I actually legit wanted to make one pitch to you guys of how you can help us. So right. we have enjoyed doing this. It has grown faster than we thought it would, which I think is fair to say. Oh, yeah. And we love that so much. We are now asking for your help on one thing. And don't freak out. We're not asking for your money. <laughs> if you can. But I mean, if you want to send us money, you can. <laughs> but if you, we could afford a new microphone then if we that's, had some money, actually. True. So, <laughs> um, if you can, go to Apple Podcasts, like right now. Like, pause this episode and go there. Use your phone, if you have an iPhone, on the little podcast thing on the bottom. Yep. And leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating or a four-star rating. We prefer five. <laughs> But seriously, we think that that actually really helps Apple and how they make their formulas of where the podcasts are featured and whatnot. So if you can, go on there. Takes two minutes. Even even if you don't even leave us a review, just click five stars, and we would love you so much for that. So we realized a few weeks ago, and in sort of a cool moment, that we are actually charting on Apple Podcasts. And in a way, I would say we're charting a bit higher than I would expect, given the fact that we just don't have a ton of reviews. We haven't really made a big deal about getting reviews and ratings. And that makes me think that if we have kind of a concerted effort to do that, like what Kyle said, if, if you guys were willing to pause right now and just go and click five stars, you don't even have to write anything. I think that, that could really help us out. And the higher we get up there, the more that the podcast will spread and the more we can bring stuff like this to you guys, which I, I think is good. That reminds me of when we closed our other episode by you saying, this is actually more for you than it is for us. Okay. <laughs> right. So why don't you, you know, it's for your sake that you leave these reviews. Thank right. you. And you know, if you think about it, we're doing this mailbag episode based on these listeners' feedback. So them giving us a five-star rating is also kind of giving themselves a five-star rating. <laughs> true. True. Okay. Next thing that I'm so excited about is that while yes, we are now video FaceTiming, and again, it's so beautiful to see you. <laughs> But in like three weeks, just so everyone knows, Robbie and I are going to be together in Austin for the first time ever while oh, doing this man. podcast. And we think it might align with some of our favorite movies. So stay tuned. We're hoping to maybe, you know, stay tuned with that. We might do a little special something, something when Robbie and I are finally in the same location doing this. We so, got some cooking in awesome. the kitchen, in other words. Okay. And one more thing before we get to our actual mailbag section. I had two leftovers. Um, one is actually kind of a tie into the mailbag, but I just want to start with my first one, okay? I was listening back to our Black Panther episode the other day, and I know we talked about this a lot, but I want the listeners to know how much talking goes on between Robbie and I off the air still. Like, we get done with an hour and a half long episode, and we still stay on the phone <laughs> arguing about if that accurately portrayed how we felt about it. Right. And I was just struck listening back to the Black Panther episode that I think we disagree even more than I was saying in the in the actual episode. Like, yeah. I don't know that there was a single moment for me that I felt as strongly as you mentioned like six times. Yeah. And a lot of times while I'm recording the actual podcast, I'm a little distracted because I got my notes here sure, and I'm sure. trying to keep up and keep us moving. But when I listened back to you, I was like, man, 
some of the Killmonger stuff like you loved and I just never felt. And that's just interesting to me. It can be a good movie and still hit us in such different ways. I, I really think the Doctor Strange comparison is dead on there because I I feel like I like Doctor Strange about as much as you like Black Panther. I don't know that you like Doctor Strange as much as I like Black Panther, but I, I think in terms of we both recognize that certain moments work well I just think those moments maybe resonate with me more personally and emotionally than they do with you. And what is it about these movies, though, that I can never get to the bottom of? Some moments just hit some people so intensely, and some people, for right. some reason, some of the movies, like Captain America 1, just doesn't ever hit me in the same way it hits you. So, but I yeah, still enjoyed the film. It's just not the same. Okay. You know, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Sorry, we can move on, but I'm, I'm wondering... You know, when I said this and, and you were talking about how it's not necessarily about T'Challa, I don't necessarily mean it's about T'Challa being more like Steve, like I said in the episode, but I do wonder if, like, Black Panther, for all of its kind of fun and for all of its sort of, you know, 2018 cultural shout-outs, I still think is a bit more, it takes itself more seriously in some ways and is more kind of intentionally heartfelt, where I think Doctor Strange, though it does have heartfelt moments— you know, is also, we talked about this with Kyle in our Doctor Strange episode, it has to kind of laugh at itself to some degree in a way that I don't think Black Panther feels like it has to. And so I, I guess the reason I say all that is I can kind of see a connection between what we talked about in our very first Captain America 1 episode of just the sort of unabashed sincerity of Cap 1, how it's not really trying to be right. super cheeky or, or quippy, you know, and sort of certain moments, the, the moments that really resonate with me from Black Panther. I think that's super fair. And a lot of the stuff that I said about Killmonger and actually bringing up that I might have actually preferred him to be a little darker or more grotesque or brutal. Right. I was winging that. That wasn't in my notes, as I'm showing you. Huh. That wasn't in my notes last week. But actually, the more I sat with it, the more I think I stand by that. Because I think what you're trying to do is you're trying to play him off as like a super tough, rough Oakland guy. Right. And so then I think it would have been a perfect time to have it be even exaggerated in his brutality. Yeah. To really show that difference. Um, but I under, again, I understand why they wouldn't be able to do that or wouldn't want to do that. So I understand both sides. I just, the more I thought about that, I was like, yeah, that's maybe part of why I don't buy his badassery, if yeah. you will. And I kind of, I, I love that point actually. And that stuck with me as well. I think that is a movie that I would like to have seen a, be a bit grittier. My other leftover. Gritty is the word. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. My other leftover is I've, man, we talk about these conversations we have after the episode. I've struggled so much, really the whole season with my placement of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. We talked about it at the very end of our episode. I know that people are, are questioning this decision to not have <laughs> Guardians at the very top of my list. It, we should say, is, is oftentimes at the tip top of lists, whether you're talking about hardcore fans or you're talking about movie critics. I am still <laughs> going back and forth. Um, I said last time why I chose to book Black Panther above it. We will find out soon what the other movies in my top five are. And I think that I have a decent explanation for why it's number six instead of one of those. But I just feel like I have to say it could still change. Guys, I'm not crazy. I know Guardians is so good and so epic, but I just am, I'm, I'm really struggling as we get to these last ones. We've said over and over again, 
that we're getting into the really good ones. And it's just, there's some apples and oranges going on, you know, where it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I can't make <laughs> my brain compare Black Panther and Guardians of the Galaxy correctly because they could not be more different. You know? I'm laughing so hard to myself for so many reasons. One, to the audience. <laughs> Robbie and I almost got into a legit argument last week because he <laughs> wanted me to cut out that part. He was so insecure about his Guardians <laughs> ranking being sixth instead of fifth that he, he was like, we need to cut that out. But secondly, I was like, people are going to understand if it's six, that's not like you're saying it's a bad movie. <laughs> also, you're going to have to make an announcement because we have to rank it publicly. So it's true. It stayed in there. But also, yes, those movies are hard to compare. That's why I always say if you're in like the top 10, it's hard for me to argue with you. Because like right. if Guardians is your preference, I don't judge you for that. It's just a totally different vibe than Black Panther. So it's hard to say. So your rankings are good by me. You're safe with me. <laughs> it's a safe place. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, finally transitioning into our mailbag section. We are so pumped for this. This is so fun for us. I yes. jotted down, I think I have five total things here that I wanted to address that people had written in. Some are questions, some are just comments that I thought were really smart. And we have some yeah. more coming up. A couple of the questions were actually about movies in the future, so we'll get there. Yep. yep. Okay, first of all, a couple people wrote this on Instagram. My wife brought this up to me. I just want to say I understand the criticism of Civil War. When I go back and watch it and I think about it and I think about it and I think about it, I understand that at every moment, not every single character's motivations are super clear. What we said is still true. The big picture of Tony versus Steve and Bucky versus Tony's family, but also the Accords versus no Accords, all of that still rings true. But at any given moment, if you pause the movie, at times you could say like, well, why is Clint here right now? Right. And then I, I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, is he here because he really believes anti-Accords? Because he had kind of retired. Is he here just because Captain America asked a favor of him? Is he here because yeah. he really thinks Tony's in the wrong? Why is Wanda here at this exact second? Like, I still like it. It can just get a little bit murky. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Spider-Man's there because Tony's just asking a favor and he wants right, to show right. off. Uh, Black Panther's there because he just strictly wants to kill Bucky and yeah. really doesn't care. You know, I'm, I'm just so saying- Charles' motivation is the clearest to me in terms of the ensemble in some ways. Right. And I'm not saying it's a criticism of the movie, but some people brought that up and I can understand unless you're like fully, 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 fully dove in that not every person is totally clear there. I think that I think that's a good point. And I think I think we might have said this at some point. I'm excited to get to Infinity War because even though Infinity War has to deal with a lot more characters, I feel like they and this is why I have Infinity War ranked a good bit higher than Civil War, even though as people know, I love Civil War. I feel like Infinity War is is a fine-tuning of the formula that they were testing out in Civil War. That's We're fair. like I don't I don't have those questions really in the same way. There are other questions I have just because there's so much going on plot wise in Infinity War as well. But well, well, I really feel I like they do a great job. There, of, there's less plot wise there. For the most part, they're trying to stop an evil invasion. Right. Right. It is. Yeah. It's much more straightforward. It's just the again you have to loop in. You're looping in a lot more characters. For sure. Right. So yeah, I mean you're sure. like doubling the character number, but. I think that they do a great job in that movie of explaining where everyone's coming from, where you're meeting them, what they're trying to accomplish. But I, yeah, I mean, I think in Civil War, it is something that, this is one that is, I think, infinitely better 
if you are really invested in the universe. And I think arguably not that great at all if you're not. And I say that because I know people that have just casually watched the MCU films. And this is consistently one of the movies they throw out as being super boring to them. And obviously we don't feel that way, but it's because of how invested we are in these relationships, particularly the Cap and Iron Man thing that we've talked about ad nauseum. I agree with you. I will add, though, it is interesting then that it has such a high score on Rotten Tomatoes because you would think some critics wouldn't be that invested, so they would be able to... I don't know if that's maybe just critics saying, look, even if you don't understand the plot, it's so well acted and it looks so cool that maybe I can still give it a fresh score either way. Right. You know, but that's just interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dougie or Doogie? Not sure how to say that. On Instagram brings us to our next point. And we've posted about this a little bit on Instagram, but he sent us a message saying, have you noticed that Iron Man is constantly tweaking his armor based off his previous mistakes slash struggles? And the more I thought about that, the more I love that even more. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We posted a one picture where he's getting electrocuted um, from Whiplash. Right. Remember? I love this. Like he comments on how, if you remember on Iron Man 1, when he flies up into space, he his suit starts freezing and then he works to fix that. So the next time he's up there, it doesn't happen. But that's not right. the only instance. It's fun to think about this. Like he's a mechanic, right? He fixes things. So when yeah. his suit struggles with electricity, if you notice the next time they show him get shot by Thor's electricity, his suit goes up 400%, remember? And right, powers right, at full right. capacity. And then in Endgame, he even specifically says, hit me with extra power, right? which right. I love. But there's other examples too. Like I love thinking about how in Infinity War, Iron Man struggled to get the gauntlet off Thanos and like got a uh-huh. close-up look at what this gauntlet and these stones even look like. But that makes sense to me that by Endgame, he had five years Right. To analyze the gauntlet and mess with that. I just love the idea of that. So thank you for that message, Doogie. <laughs> well, and even before that, I would say... It could be uh, Dougie you know, too. About- I don't know. <laughs> talking about Civil War, either sound great to me. Um, even talking about, you know, that that movie ends with, well, Bucky's trying to pull the arc reactor out of Tony's chest. Cap is able to basically take him out by bashing it with a shield. And the next time we see Tony's suit... Really, if you, if we don't count Homecoming, uh, which is not that long after Civil War, whenever we see it in Infinity War, he's totally changed his tech, like entirely changed his tech. So something like that would not be possible anymore because we see that you can't, you know, he's got these nanoparticles that can kind of refill areas that have been destroyed. So I think if he had that suit in that same fight with Cap, he wouldn't have been taken down in the same way, you know? Oh, uh, yes, I love that so much. Okay, next thought, James in an email. There's been a lot of debate about if the phone call that Stephen Strange receives in the movie Doctor Strange while he's driving before his accident, where he's getting a list of other patients. We've talked a lot about how is that phone call referring to Rhodey, and we did dive into that a little bit more, but James just pointed out that also the age difference with Rhodey would be way off, and we didn't say that. And that's true. In the phone call, they mention it's a 35-year-old is, I think, what they say? I think so, yeah. Which Rhodey at that time would clearly have been at least 10 years older than that, right? So why include that detail if they're thinking it's Rhodey? No, I agree. (laughs) So not much to that, but that was fun. (laughs) Uh, Nick, and I've heard this theory before too. Nick says, is that Star-Lord's mother in Captain America? So I had never heard this one before. Ever? No. Okay. 
In Captain America 1, when Captain America and Bucky go to the World's Fair, there yep, is... Seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're very familiar. <laughs> there is a part where a random girl that's blonde comes up to him and asks for his autograph, really brief. That's the same actress that plays Star-Lord's mother in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Huh. So obviously, kind of an okay. oversight on their part because it led people to start asking, is that Captain America's mom? Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, not Captain America's mom. <laughs> is that Peter Quill's mom? Talking Are to Quill Cap. and Cap siblings? Is that what we're finding <laughs> No, no, no. Is that <laughs> Quill's mom talking to him? But obviously, the age difference would be all off. Right. James Gunn, in a Q&A, actually responded to that question by saying, it's Quill's grandmother. And then he followed up by saying, <laughs> I just made that up right now. So I think it's That's kind fun. of a lighthearted joke. But, I, I, you know, it seems like maybe they just, you know, cast her twice and kind of overlooked that a right. little bit. right. I love that Marvel fans are willing to dive deep into these Easter eggs, but not that deep, people. <laughs> I do, yeah. I uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun though. I'll take it. I'll take a uh, a little James Gunn grandmother explanation <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, sure. It was worth it just for that, <laughs> right? Last question from Greg, and I'll let you take the lead on this one. He yeah. asks, "What's our favorite MCU soundtracks?" Oh gosh, what a great question! Such a good question. Um, you know, I actually, I, as we've said before, I'm in law school, finishing law school. So I do a lot of reading, a lot of writing, and no I like, I like, I like to do both of those things too. Uh, I can't listen to music with lyrics while I'm writing. I just, I get distracted. And so I'll always put on either classical music or some kind of movie score. And I've gotten really into film scores over the past few years. So I actually have pretty much actively listened to every Marvel film score, which is such a nerdy thing to have done, even for a host of a Marvel podcast. <laughs> but one step further, you have a record player and you have some records on vinyl. Don't that's you? true. That's MCU true. Scores. I just so had, you are an expert in this. Oh, I just ordered my Thor Ragnarok on vinyl. I'm really <laughs> excited to pop it in soon. Um, uh, so I think I would have to put this into two different categories. Uh, so we'll give two of my favorite scores, but in different ways. I think the best score is probably the Black Panther score. And I'm not saying that just because it won the Oscar, but I mean, we talked about this in, in our episode. I think that's just one movie where it's really hard to separate how well done the music is and how much it enhances the movie and kind of, a, a plethora of ways. I think that it's really original. I think it, it, you know, a lot of the film scores, even though I really love them, still kind of fall back on what we would consider to be superhero sounding music. And this film score didn't do that. It's like a, he used a ton of, of just like the sheer number of instruments and types of instruments he used, I think makes it really interesting to listen to. So we already talked about it. I don't like it. you saying that superhero music kind of implies that it's a bad thing, though. No, no, so no, no. I just, I just mean that I think it's... I, I, in some ways, what I like about the film score is what I like about the Black Panther movie is that it's just really original and it's really unique. And I, I feel like that in and of itself, because it's unique and it's unique in a really great way, is kind of worthy of a claim. That said, and I think that this actually says something interesting about my relationship with the Black Panther. Just as I love the Black Panther movie but it isn't necessarily the most rewatchable for me. The Black Panther score is not one that I find myself listening to as much as certain other ones 
because it a lot of what I like that makes it so interesting also makes it kind of chaotic sometimes. It and definitely so, would be more distracting underneath homework. Right, for right, sure. right. <laughs> so I would say that the score that I find myself listening to the most, and this is so weird, you're not going to guess this in a million years, I feel like. Okay. I think I would say Ant-Man and the Wasp. What? Wow, that's not what I thought you were going to say. That and, is not what I would have guessed if I had guessed 20 other movies. I know. I know. Although it would possibly tie Avengers Endgame, because I would say that that, but for some different reasons. But in terms of just the music, I, I really love what Christoph Beck does, specifically in the second Ant-Man film. The first one's great, but he adds some really interesting layers. We'll talk about that when we get there, but I also have that one on vinyl. Um, I love that. But, uh, oh, yeah. What about you, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, anyways. Um, I have like a long-winded answer here too. I have so many thoughts. First of all, everybody, go Spotify search Robbie Earl. He has his own record. It's incredible. If you've never heard Robbie play music, <laughs> that's, that's what you want to listen to. That's where I'm first going. Thanks. Secondly, we have that playlist on Spotify. I don't have nearly the experience into the entire soundtrack like you do. I don't listen right. through all the soundtracks, but on that playlist, what gets hard for me is I could give an easy answer based on just individual themes. Right. I don't 100% know score, so that's my answer. If I had to give an answer, I think I would actually probably say Alan Silvestri's Infinity War. As a complete, that's the one yeah. I maybe know the most of. Here's yeah. why. Thanos' theme is introduced, and I love it. Porch is one of my favorite melodies ever written in the MCU, and it gets used over and over and over again in different ways. It's yeah. so sad, yet fulfilling. It's a perfect yeah. musical representation of what Thanos is going through. Like, we're sad, but he's also, like, fulfilled his destiny. So, like, there's a... It just makes you almost feel good, but also bad. It's genius. Then, I will... And I'm going to talk about this so much when we get to the movie. I will never, ever, ever, ever forget where I was the first time I saw Infinity War, and it plays that epic outro during the credits. I know what you're about And to it say. gets to the Avengers will return, question mark, and it fades uh, away. Yes. And at that exact moment, he brings in the actual Avengers melody on just a piano. Boom. Yep. Boom, boom, and it's, boom, boom. It's so boom, sad. Boom, boom. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And so I think that's probably the most complete score. But I, I mean, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy main theme. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Robbie knows I love that. I love the song Dad from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Tyler Bates. I man. love. Yeah, there's a there's quite a few themes like that that I love. I love a lot of the music in Spider-Man Homecoming. I yeah, just that's noticed what that I was going to say. Yeah, I think all the Chikino stuff would have to at least be an honorable mention for me. The Doctor Strange score is another one that yes. I just love. Especially his main theme again there. Uh, I guess to sum it up, we would say we love a ton of the music and we both think that the music has gotten a lot better as we've gotten further along. Like a yeah. lot of the earlier movies are forgettable. This yep. is not forgettable. Yeah. But again, as as we often do, we would encourage you to go check out our journey through the MCU playlist on Spotify because we do have all of our favorite tracks from each of the films largely. So it's a great way to kind of dip your toe into the different scores and figure out which style you like and then go from there. Right. Okay, we bounced off the walls for 30 minutes here. So just in summary, first of all, Robbie's recording on a phone. Second of all, <laughs> go leave us a review on Apple Music. Third of all, write us feedback uh, on social media at the FFW Podcast, any, any social media. Also, the FFWpodcast.com because 
we're going to be mixing in these mailbags and Robbie and I are enjoying doing that. So hit us up and we'll get to your questions and we'll get to your comments. We love that. Absolutely. And, and lastly, we just still have a few movies left that we cannot wait for. Oh, so yes. Spider-Man Homecoming's coming uh. up really soon. Ant-Man the Wasp is fun. <laughs> like we said before, it's there. <laughs> and then some of the most epic films oh, ever with gosh. Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame. So this Jeez, is what a trio. just... We're just kind of getting to the top of the mountain here, and it's about to be so fun. Thank you again to everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week when we talk about Spider-Man Homecoming on Friends from Work.